Previously recorded in both Murfreesboro and Chattanooga, Tennessee, this is NFLs, a production by Next Season Sports Media. Hello everybody and welcome to NFLs. It's a single released in 1979 by Paul McCartney and the Weens, famous for being played every December. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. <laughs> My name is uh, Drew Wade. Unfortunate that you went with that one because I, I appreciate the other uh, solo Beatles uh, Christmas song better. I don't like either of them. War is over is the other one, right? I mean, yeah. I like I like the message in that one more. I, I hate the part at the end where all of the um, all the families <laughs> like are recording. Yeah, yeah. I hate that that yeah. bit. But you know what? Whatever. It doesn't you sound matter. Like a Scrooge. I am a Scrooge. How are you doing, Andrew? I am doing well, just as long as you don't bring up um, how NFLs went for me last week. Other than uh, that, let's I'm talk doing about great. it. How let's did NFLs go for you last week? <laughs> <laughs> um, not, uh, not the best, I got to be honest here. Um, obviously, we disagreed on three games, and you took all three of them. Um, so, narrowing my lead for the season down to just... Uh, four games, which is even for the ghost gang worse than I thought. I thought I was still up five. Turns out it's just four and, uh, there's no meaning in life. Yeah. We're, we're continuing our yearly tradition of you winning the season, but me having the best week. (laughs) Um, I, I went 12 and two last week. So, um, still, I haven't hit my 15 and one pinnacle that I've been able to hit. Time and time and time again in the past, oh, yeah. but time and time and time again. Only twice. Only twice, twice actually. Was it twice? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, kudos to you. Um, but yep. Leaves you at 130 wins, 78 losses, one tie. Me at 126 wins, 82 losses, one tie. Figured I'd just go ahead and hit that while we're talking about score. The Can't coin. forget it if you talk about it first. That's right. No, that's modern problems require modern solutions. Uh, Dave Chappelle sucks. All right, and the coin <laughs> is two games below 500. So there we go. Um, that was week 14. How, how did things go for you just around football in general? The the birds were off, so the birds very were late off. by. Yeah, super late by. I'm going to touch on that in a little bit in uh, <laughs> one of our, our bits here. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. So it was good that they didn't lose this past week and Washington lost. So that was cool. That makes us have the same record as them. We're still in the thick of it for this playoff race. So um, I'm very excited to see how the season's going to shake out. Uh, you know who Broncos. else is in the thick of the playoff race? Is the Denver Broncos. <laughs> they refuse to let their season end, man. I just want to I just want to give up. It's December and I still have faith in this team. Like we've never made it this far before. Um the the Bengals looked terrible last week, and we won, which means we're going to get stomped by them this weekend. And I'm going to have just a, just enough faith in that not happening that I'm going to be disappointed when it comes to pass. Even though I am speaking it into fruition right now, um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk more about the Broncos when we get to them. Also, you want to hit our our segments real quick? <laughs> I don't have my soundboard, so. <laughs> it's time for my beautiful dark just in fantasy football. Could have fooled um, me. <laughs> how did uh, how did uh, how did fantasy go for you this weekend? Um. Well, I will say, made the playoffs in four playoffs out of my five leagues. Nice. Um. I have it in the uh, fifth. Um. It's a really incredible uh, turnaround by one team in the Canto League. Yeah, um, started out like one and seven, I believe, and then was able to just make this crazy push and uh, Dang. ended up taking the sixth and final playoff spot. And I'm on the outside looking in there. Um, oh, that's fine. I'm also on the outside looking in in that league. Um, yeah. Well, you never had a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, at one point I won three in a row. Come on, that's now. true. That's true. But yeah, some things happened that. Directly led to me not being in the playoffs in that league, but it's okay. Four out of five is still pretty good. Four out of five is pretty And then, actually, well, I made the playoffs in my $60 league, but um, stupid late buys um, led to my starting quarterback not being available for the first round of the playoffs. So, 
one and done in the $60 league. Um, huh. I'm out. So very cool. Thank you, NFL, for making week 14 buys a thing. And uh, really cool that that is when our playoffs started in that league. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, whale. Um, I had a win to go out on in the Kinto League, which is pretty nice, I guess. Um, and finished out the Wade Dynasty at eight and six asterisk. So, you know what? I'm pretty happy with how <laughs> that. <laughs> hey, at least you're in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we play each other to kick we off. Sh- the, we sure do. The Wade Dynasty playoffs. So, that's pretty exciting. I have taken a game off of every playoff team like in my most recent showing against them and I was the best team in the league this weekend so feeling pretty good about the the shot I called about winning the Wade Dynasty in September. Uh, we'll see how we're talking about that next, next week, week in this segment. Uh, we will see how we're talking about it next week. All right, cool. Well, that was that. Um, and just to be clear before we move on here the reason I'm not in the playoffs is because Justin Jefferson was traded oh for Kadarius Tony in the Canto League. Just got to get that out there. Worst trade <laughs> okay. that has ever happened in fantasy football ever. We can move on now. Okay, cool. Let's move on. And here, you want to you want to get it? Bet on it. Ooh. This is pretty good. Did you guys go just games. hear Zach Efron in, <laughs> in my room here? I had my boy Zach stop by to introduce the bet on it bit. Hey, I've actually got an update here i went through i did some digging into the uh oh yeah of of nfls to figure out the current score Mm -hmm. and as it turns out uh, i am six six and one in my bets i had a push back in like week five um so just count that as a tie because you would get your money back if that was the case. You are yeah. six and six. So this week you need to make two picks to Perfect. have an equal number as me. Uh, last week, uh, mine hit once again. I took the under 48 on Washington, Dallas, and I believe mm-hmm. the final score was 27-20. So slid right in there. Uh, yeah, mine did not hit. <laughs> yours did not hit. It, Las Vegas plus 10. Um, Las Vegas plus yeah. 29 i think <laughs> wouldn't have hit so <laughs> week or i'll yeah. take it las vegas plus it, 39 you know, would have hit my bad much a, well bad i don't know because the chiefs mm-hmm. won so yeah. it's not i can't really get anything good out of that game but um oh well do you want to do you want to take the, the bet first i'm looking here i'm going to try and go for one of each uh yeah i will in just one second one to update on our guests as well we've had three guests um, oh yeah during uh, this season that have submitted a bet on it bet and uh, they are zero and three uh, Cameron got both of his wrong by pretty good margin I think and uh, Reagan I don't remember what his was but he got his wrong as well um, <laughs> was it Lions to the playoffs actually, I've got it <laughs> well he's definitely gonna get that one wrong. Um, but let's see back in I believe that was week two that he was on actually our first bet on it uh segment i think he said under 40 and a half for the washington uh new york game and that one ended up going over by pretty significant margin i think so cool, cool. not the best year for bet on it uh not the best inaugural year here but yeah that's okay um we still got a few weeks to go and i'm confident that it will end out or it'll end up being pretty good so my bet for this week, I am just going to go with the safe thing here. I'm going to go with the Cardinals minus 13 and a half against the Lions. Lions are pretty pitiful, lost by more than this to the Broncos just this past week. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lions have actually been pretty good at covering spreads this year. Um, so maybe this is a foolish decision. But like I've said before, if there's a spread that this that is this big, usually uh, there's a pretty yeah. good reason for that. And oh, I yeah. like the Cardinals to win by 14. I, especially, I feel like they need a bounce back after that loss to uh, Los Angeles last night. So I, I like the Cardinals to have a really good week this week yep. in Motor City. I'm into it. Uh, give me one second here. <laughs> Motor City. I, I That's one you don't hear too often out of like all of the like city nicknames or whatever. Yeah, I feel like everybody kind of just forgets about motor city not me though there you Never go forget. i mean car, cars cars be being built everywhere these days i don't know if you figure that out but they kind of uh, i have, I have actually 
Yeah, us Tennesseans will be all industry. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, all right, so yeah, like I said, I'm going to take one of each. The first one I'm going to take is Bengals at Broncos. Um, the over-under for this game is set at only 43.5, which I think is kind of crazy. The Broncos obviously aren't the highest producing offense in the league. Um, however, in the games that they play against these like kind of middle-of-the-pack teams, they have been finding their footing a little bit more. I believe like we still managed to put up like 16 or something like that against you guys. And usually in those games, I don't know. I, I've, I've commented on this before on the show, but I feel like when it comes down to these like imperfect opponents, the Broncos games usually come down to like the difference of time on the field. And so if we, you know, wash the floor with them, then it's going to look like one of the better producing Broncos days. And you're going to see them land somewhere in the mid thirties. Uh, if we get washed, on time on the field, then I feel like you're still going to see a better version of like what the Bengals have been doing against a lot of their opponents. Either way, I suspect this game to go like 35 to 10 one way or the other, basically, because that's just kind of like the types of games that these two teams play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's pretty easy to see a world where this game breaks 44. So I'm going to go with that as my first bet. My second bet, I'm going to take the Titans to cover the spread versus the Steelers. The Titans only favored by two points in this game. And I understand why, because the Steelers play a lot of close ones. The Titans really aren't that great at the moment. Also, it's in Pittsburgh. However, I do think that the Titans are still the better team. And just games ending within two are like a rare enough occurrence that it's hard for me to, um, I don't know, like bet money, I suppose, on on it staying within that score difference. Not to mention... Um, I really don't see the Steelers winning this game. So if I if I think the Titans are going to win, I, I'm thinking it's pretty likely it's going to be by at least a field goal. Just like I said, it's a rare enough occurrence that a game ends within two. Even though like it happens, I I guess I'd say um, irregularly often for the Steelers. Still not enough from to convince me that this is a spread worth investing in. So there you go. All right, cool. And we will uh, check back on those this week or next week. <laughs> Sweet. Sounds good. So before we get into our games, um, I just wanted to take a moment real quick to get a little bit more sappy than we normally do on this show. Um, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> uh, Broncos longtime wide receiver Demarius Thomas was found dead in his house in Georgia um, this Friday morning. He was only 33. Very, very, very sad. Um, I... Loved DT very dearly. He was one of my favorite Broncos of all time. I think fans of our show, longtime fans of our show, will remember me throwing an absolute fit over him being traded uh, to the Texans in 2018. Um, I don't even need to say what my favorite moment of him being a Bronco was because, I mean, everybody remembers that moment. moment. Everybody knows that moment. DT had an amazing career in Denver. um, But even more than that, off the field, he treated the city like it was his own. Spent a lot of time at the Boys and Girls Club. Did a lot of charity work. Um, just a great guy in general. Great football player. Great Bronco. Great man. And um, I don't know. We don't take a whole lot of opportunities on this show to talk about players off the field. And when we do, usually it's you know for your Aaron Rodgers or Cole Beasley type reasons. Yeah. Um, and I have not forgotten earlier on in this year when cam came on the show and said how the NFL was just in a clear detriment of, um, of role models at the moment. And I think that Demarius Thomas was such a rare and shining example of a great football player and a great man. And like the type of role model that you want to have in the NFL. So um, just would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to say, I love DT very dearly. was very happy of the time that he spent with the Broncos and um, nothing but kind feelings and uh, well wishes to his family from, from me. Absolutely. I mean, he was just, you can tell just from all the outpouring from pretty much everybody he ever played with, or even just shared the field with even mm-hmm. a couple times, like how beloved he was. So it's really hard to see someone like that, um, uh, see their time come to an end so early. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, he will be missed. Yep. And with that, 
let's do our dumb football podcast, I guess. <laughs> talk about some sports ball. Let's talk about some sports ball. Andrew, do you want to open us up for Thursday night? Absolutely, I do. Um, up first, tomorrow or not tomorrow night, Thursday night football, we have an AFC West showdown, second in a row for the Kansas City Chiefs as they go to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers uh, in SoFi Stadium. This one, uh, I think it'll be pretty good. These teams have already played once this year. Chargers came out victorious. Um, Chiefs have won several games. I think it's six. It might be five. Um, but they've won several games in a row here. And they have a uh, uh, one-game lead over the Chargers currently in the division race. Two-game lead over the Broncos. Broncos, hey, you never know. Still some games left. But um, uh Mm, just happen. the way <laughs> could happen the way that <laughs> i've been seeing the chiefs play recently especially on defense because their offense honestly when they're not playing the, the raiders still leaves a little bit to be desired but i don't know what just happened with the chiefs defense but they just flipped some sort of switch and yeah. they've just become like a strong defensive team um and they've held opponents to very low point totals in several games in a row. And so it'll be interesting to see how they match up with that high-octane uh, Chargers offense, which is also high-variance because sometimes the Chargers don't really look like they know what they're doing out there. So, But I think this one's actually going to go to the Chiefs, unfortunately. As much as I like to cheer on the on the uh, Chargers, and as fun as it is to see you know someone else doing well, I just think it's inevitable that the Chiefs are going to just come away with the the division victory uh once again so i'm going chiefs yeah the division is already there so there's not really a question of that to me i i do hope that the broncos are in the wild card race but i'm certainly not looking at that divisional spot as being yeah. obtainable at this point um unless the chargers win this game then maybe that'll be back on the plate but um yeah to me like even though the Chiefs offense has still been a little bit of a wild card, they have given us some like, you know, 2018, 2019 looks. And so it's pretty especially this past week. Yeah, especially this past week. In fact, both of their games against the Chiefs, I mean, against the Raiders this year have been yeah. wild highlights for their season, which I'll take. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll take it. If they have to do well against one team, I guess I'm glad it's the Raiders. But um, yeah, even though their offense has been a little here and there their defense as you said has like really kind of redefined the baseline for this team and um has introduced this new win condition for them that i i really didn't expect going into this year which is like just the ability to win like a sub 40 total game basically yeah. um and so i think like the chiefs can kind of play to whatever level of offense the chargers bring to this game and to me either like either one of these teams wins by three or it's an absolute barn burner for the chiefs. And even if it is like a really close game, I'm still thinking it's going to be the chiefs that are going to give us that, that game. So uh, yeah, it seems to me like a loss at Los Angeles don't really have um, a lot of hope in this one, unfortunately. All right. And we're opening this week up with a friendship as the uh, coin has also gone with the chiefs here. Cool, cool. All right, next up we have another divisional rivalry. The New York Giants are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants um, don't really have a whole lot on the plate at the moment uh, after their loss to the Chargers this last weekend. Also a loss to the Dolphins the week before, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Their only win in the last month is beating the Eagles 7-13. to Not Ooh. not a whole lot of, of good things going on for them right now. The Cowboys, on the other hand, I feel like would still be very strongly in the conversation in the NFC if it wasn't for the fact that, like, Dak still hasn't really completely returned from his injury. I think, like, he's having a fine season. The Cowboys, as a whole... Are having like a really great season. I think, uh, like, unironically, like the the Cowboys roster kind of reminds me of the Denver roster a little bit, like in strengths and weaknesses, and um, maybe an example of how much a team can come back, uh, come down to quarterback play. Because while the Broncos have been kind of out to dry all season, the Cowboys have looked anywhere from you know best in the league to like barely breaking top ten, depending on what kind of Dak takes the field that day. Yeah. So um, they're sort of a tough team to pin down. However, the Giants, 
are not really where they were earlier this season, where I kind of saw them slowly trending into like the higher part of the D tier, maybe even the C tier, like kind of breaking out of the curse that's been upon this franchise for the last couple of years. They still desperately need a franchise QB. Also just like a sense of direction in general. I think they were able to like fill in their lack of identity with just getting the ball to Saquon over and over, but that just has not worked for them this year. Um, and they haven't really found any other routes to success yet. So I expect this to be not only a Dallas victory, but probably one of the more one-handed Dallas victories that we've gotten so far this year. Yeah. As much as it pains me to see the Cowboys keep winning, I take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because they did win against Washington last week, but they really didn't look like an impressive team. Uh, They jumped out to a big lead. And then as you said, Dak just doesn't look like himself and uh, made some, some key mistakes that, allowed Washington to come back into that game, including throwing a pick six at one point where there was just no need to make that throw. Um, And then the Cowboys, I mean, they are still in need of a franchise quarterback, but even the guy that um, they've been hoping to be their franchise quarterback, he's not even going to be playing still. Um, Could be a a, a serious injury that he's Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with there. We don't really know uh, for sure about that yet. Um, So... As much as I would like for the Giants to win for once, because I don't think the Cowboys deserve like the record they're going to end up with this season. Yeah, um, they really could still be contending for a first round bye and the number one seed if they keep winning these cupcake games. But um, yeah, they only have one particularly challenging game left, yeah. <laughs> and it's Arizona. I mean, Arizona and, and a round of divisional games in a ten and four. Pretty wild stuff. We'll see how that works out. But yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys as well. Although Ezra will be wearing for one time only uh, a Giants onesie that my dad got (laughs) in for his birthday. So only time he'll ever wear anything Giants. Just going to put that out there. Uh, The coin is going with the Giants in this one. Much like my son. (laughs) My beloved coin. I respect it. Up next, we have our favorite matchup in AFC South. Just fireworks show. Uh, week one rematch of the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, if we remember, if we uh, go back into the time machine, uh, the, the Texans came out and shocked the world and were the only team to win in week one in the AFC South, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. Um, since then... Kind of looked like the Jaguars were going to get a little better. And then just recently, they just have looked like a team with no sense of direction. And like Urban Meyer should not be anywhere near an NFL sideline. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, the Texans have looked just as bad as advertised uh, yeah. most of the time this season. Uh, but they have decided to go with rookie quarterback Davis Mills for the, the remainder of the season just to see what they have there. And uh, honestly, he hasn't looked super bad at times. He's thrown for 300-plus yards three times this season so far. Mm-hmm. So maybe they actually do have something there. But um, I'm going to be going with the Texans, actually, in this one just because I think the Jaguars are so hopeless. Yeah, it, this is kind of a tough one for me because I think both of these teams are arguably more fit for the bottom of the, of the table than the Lions at this point. I actually yeah. had the Lions 30th overall last week. Um probably going to repeat that today. Both of these teams just, it's kind of funny how like over the course of the year we had all of these, well, maybe these teams that we weren't talking about were actually terrible, like the Washington football team and the dolphins. And and we also had these two and like the jets kind of trending up as being like candidates for actually not that bad teams. And here in December, everything's returned to normal. Washington and Miami are somewhat respectable again. And Jacksonville and Houston are, yeah. certainly the two worst teams in the league except for the Lions, I suppose. But yeah, it's kind of tough for me to go one way or the other with it. I want to, I want to like make this our, our like second disagreement on this series and get it right on both, on both sides. However, I don't think that the Jags are going to be able to take this. Um, they are just looking, as you said, completely lost. Um, haven't broken 20 points since, October, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, October 17th was the last time they scored more than 17 points. So Goodness gracious. Yeah, just like far and away the worst producing offense in this league. And guess what? 
That's how you win games. I mean, like the Texans, they haven't looked great, but they at least have found some routes to success. And like you said, I actually did think that they looked just they looked like they could at least put something together when Davis Mills was their starting QB. So I actually I feel like they're gonna probably try and give the fans like a game to really hold on to with this one. And yeah, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's going Houston. The coin agrees there, giving us another friendship. Friendship. Perfect. All right. Well, next we have an perfect. Next we have another game that um, I actually kind of already spoiled at the beginning of the show. The Pittsburgh oh, Steelers. No. Oh no! Are going to be hosting the Tennessee Titans. Now you all are going to not get the shocking reveal of me taking the Titans <laughs> over the Steelers. Like what a surprise! Yeah, the Titans. I mean, what's there to say that hasn't already been said? Like these guys are basically just a team that you want to believe like is going to snap back to their elite stature. Like as soon as, (laughs) I mean, as soon as Derrick Henry returns to the field, basically that's really like the easiest thing to look for with these guys. They still haven't really been able to find a repeatable route to success in their time without him. However, I've given other teams credit for close for shutting out games before on the show. So I feel like it just always bears being said, like, no matter how Jags or Texans your opponent is, like, it's still re- very impressive to completely shut out another team in, in an NFL game. And um, the Texans, I mean, sorry, the Titans just did that to the Jags this last weekend. Tannehill had another sort of nothing burger of a game, but he put one in on the ground himself, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty cool. And Foreman was able to run one in as well. So, yeah, as long as these guys just sort of focus on the run game versus the Steelers, try and look for a slow burn. Um, It's not going to look like a pretty game. It's probably going to be one of the lowest scoring games we've seen a playoff caliber team take part in this year. um, I'm interested to see what the over-under is for this one. 41 and a half. Uh, I think that still might be too high, but... Yeah, yeah. who knows? I might look at that under, honestly. Yeah, I I totally agree there, and I'm going to be going with the Titans as well. Man, the Steelers are one of the disagreements we had last week, and it looked like it was just going to be an absolute uh, crap show for most of the game. I mean, it was 29-0 Vikings at one point, and then the Steelers made it really competitive, came all the way back, and then just their very, very smart young wide receiver decided to celebrate on the field when he got a first down as the clock was ticking away and just shave precious seconds off the clock and they ended up not completing that comeback uh titans i believe um are going to find success running the ball against the steelers steelers have allowed like the most rushing yards in the league over the past few weeks and uh, i think that'll probably continue this week with a combination of uh, deontay foreman and Dontrell hilliard mostly foreman they've been leaning on him a lot so yeah and Tannehill, um, dude, come on. And Tannehill always threat <laughs> to run one in from real close. So, yeah, I'm going with the Titans as well. Although, Ben Roethlisberger, he's actually been kind of slinging it lately. Uh, so, who knows? But Coin is going with the Steelers in this one. Cool, cool. Up next, we have the newly crowned uh, number one seed in the NFC. The Green Bay Packers going to Baltimore to take on the um, the the Ravens, who are just in free fall. Uh, the Ravens just look like the, not even a semblance of the team that they were in or even at points earlier this season and especially like in the past couple seasons where they were uh, a powerhouse kind of team. Um, so I think that trend is probably going to continue this week. I think Green Bay will probably come in there and win by probably, uh, I said probably so many times in that sentence, my bad, uh, by a, a sizable margin. So I'm going with the Packers here. Yeah, I also expect that. The Ravens are really gearing up to be a freebie win for some very lucky wild card team in the first round of the AFC because um man alive the AFC North is terrible, huh? What a what a bad 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 division this has turned out to be. Yeah, one of one of them's got to go to the playoffs. I know. And, and the crazy thing is at one point this year I feel like all four of these teams had massive amounts of hype behind them mm-hmm. like at the same time. Yeah, um, I was looking like any of them and potentially all of them could be there. <laughs> yeah, sin- sincerely and now and now it really is like I mean, I guess it's the Ravens. They already have eight wins down somehow. So yeah, yeah, it seems pretty, crazy. 
pretty wild stuff. Um, I do think that this game is going to go the way of whatever their first round playoff matchup is, which is to say they're just going to make the Packers look like a Super Bowl-bound team and not put anything together. So there you go. Unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Hey, uh, if we if we take a trip into the time machine here, we'll see that I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl in the preseason. I said it would be Packers, Chiefs, State Farm, Super Bowl. Hey, that looks a little more likely nowadays than it did a few weeks ago. Has there That's been any? We we don't need to talk about who I picked for the AFC, but I mm, but, but Cleveland. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> but my pick for the NFC remains to be the thing that I'm going to hold on to for this whole you offseason. We'll go to your grave saying that <laughs> the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. If Packers, the Rams win the Super Bowl. We're going to spend the whole offseason. Like, nobody's going to be able vacation. to make a point against me ever. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know I said the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl in June, right? All right. Anyway. Um, next up, we have the Packers also. Sorry. I'd throw that in there. Uh, right. Sorry. I think, I think that that NFC title game is going to be a great one when it's inevitably the Packers versus an NFC West team. I just hope it's the Rams and I hope they win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next time we have the Detroit Lions um, hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of the NFC West, uh, the Cardinals took a win that only one of us were uh, – sorry, a loss that only one of us were able to see coming this last week um, against the Rams. I think it ended up being pretty close, right? I checked it last night. It was like 20 to 30 at one point. Yeah, I believe the final score was 30 to 23. Perfect. There you go. So, yeah, pretty close game. Um, the Cardinals – Yet again, relying on the on the ground game way more than the air, which I mean makes sense. You don't want Kyler to be too sore heading into the playoffs. Um, but man, alive! Like if we want to talk about things that I got wrong this year, I at the beginning of the year was saying that James Conner looked like a nothing burger, and he has really heated it up. I mean, I think he was mostly receiving last night, but. Yeah, earlier on in the playoff, I mean, early on in the season, I think I dropped them in the Canto League, which has really come back. Did to you really? Oh yeah. no! <laughs> but I, I'm, I kept them in the way dynasty, fortunately, but begrudgingly, yeah. I was very unhappy with them earlier on this year. But now, I mean, probably the best thing on the Cardinals, Kyler. Actually, I will say, threw for almost 400, but he did a couple interceptions. So, um, but yeah, the Cardinals. I think everyone still agrees are like, I I still never see them ranked lower than like fourth. And even that's kind of wild. Like they definitely are top three, top two, even potentially Um, just have a couple little growing pains to iron out as they always do um, in the winter. But we certainly are not in a December, 2020 scenario for the Cardinals, especially looking at their last four games. They have a pretty easy slide into the playoffs. And that starts with this win over the lions. Like you said earlier on, the over-under, I mean, sorry, the, the spread is rarely like 13 or 14 points unless everyone and their mom knows that one of these teams is about to get blown out, and that's exactly what's going to happen here. I think we probably will see even more return to the air for Kyler in this game because that Detroit uh, <laughs> Blitz D is not something to be too, too afraid of. So hopefully we'll see another like MVP caliber game from Kyler Murray who probably would have just waltzed right into it if it wasn't for being – on the IR for half this season, but yeah, yeah. Go with the Cardinals. I too will appreciate if Kyler has a great week because he is my uh, starting quarterback in the Wade Dynasty. So uh, nice, could come back to bite you a little bit there. But I'm going to be going with the Cardinals as well, as you all know. Spoiled that surprise earlier. Um, not really much else to say. Cardinals are a much better team than the Lions. Um, yep. Although I will say these teams did tie. Uh, in our inaugural NFL se- NFL season, I'm I pretty sure. So maybe <laughs> the, maybe history will repeat itself here these, a little bit. I remember these two being pretty low down on on the PRs that season. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I believe that might have been Kyler's rookie year when that yeah. happened, or it might have been the year before that. It was Either close way. rookie year. I remember Either, that. Yeah. yeah. Either way, they've come a long way. The Lions have not. <laughs> Coin going with the Lions, though, in this one. Uh, up next, we have an NFC East showdown. Uh, one of these teams is going to be above 500 after this game. The 6-7 and seven Washington football team taking on the 6-7 and seven Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Washington football team looked pretty rough against the Cowboys last week. Uh, I think they're going to look rough again against the Eagles. There's a chance Taylor Heineke is not going to be playing, in which case they're going to be starting Kyle Allen at quarterback, which... <laughs> 
Um, does not spell good things for them. Uh, they could be missing their best wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. Um, so these are all good things for the Eagles. Not that they're good things uh, in a vacuum, but for the Eagles' chances, they uh, they are good things. And the Eagles are going to be fresh coming off a bye. Should see Jalen Hurts return to the field. I am expecting an Eagles win in this one. Uh, famous last words. But, yeah, I'm going Eagles. Yeah, I also am expecting an Eagles win in this one. I know that we've been pretty boring on the agreement so far this week. but um, Fine by me. Fine by me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm try, trying to get the playoff picture pulled up so we can take a little check-in. What, what do you know? I know that the Eagles and a couple other teams are like vying for that last playoff spot in the NFC, 6-7. and seven. Um, I believe the Vikings have it right now, if I'm not mistaken. They're also 6-7 and seven at the seventh seed. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I know if the Eagles just win out for the rest of the season, I'm pretty sure they'll be in. But The rest uh, of it's locked down. It's like two for sure to the NFC West. Uh, like the, I'm, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, pretty much all but locked down at this point um, yeah. for that two NFC West teams. Make it Specifically, I mean, Cardinals and Rams. Seahawks technically still could make the playoffs, but it would take a miracle. Yeah. If this was last season, Washington would – be very oh look at that i guess they are very in the conversation still wow they are so, yep so yeah the bottom of the nfc hasn't gotten that much better i feel like the mid i feel like the the top of the nfc is like blowing the water out of the top of the afc at the moment but like as it gets a little nitty grittier AFC it has a little bit more bulk to it i suppose yeah. um but yeah very interesting yeah the niners are in the conversation good golly I mean, they are so bad. Yeah, like good luck finding a sixth NV- NFC team that belongs in the playoffs this year. I mean, well, why not the Eagles? I suppose. Yeah. Huh? Go birds! All right, bird up, bird up. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers ho- hosting the Sheets. Ho- ho- hosting. <laughs> the Sheets is the Atlantis Falcons, which I think is pretty good. <laughs> I'm fix that real quick. Uh, the 49ers are hosting the Atlantis Falcons. The 49ers, like we just said, are in playoffs contention, definitely having a much breezier second half of the season than they were having early on when um, Jimmy Garoppolo was injured. These guys have just been like completely not a part of the conversation for most of the year, it feels like to me. It's just like, I just feel like as far as, NFL teams by mention goes like the 49ers are very low down on that list uh, for this season. Yeah. Um, I feel like they like it that way though. I feel like they're just kind of sneakily winning these games and pushing themselves back in this playoff picture. I think they could be a, 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 a team I wouldn't like to face in the playoffs. Yeah. At one point this year they were three and five. And since then they just have kind of quietly put it back together. Uh, Like you said, Definitely a threat. I mean, at one point earlier on this year and, you know, also at the end of last year, like we were looking at this team as being one of the best that the league had to offer. So uh, you'd certainly think that they are trying to get themselves back to that stand, to that stature, like as quietly as possible. Um, and they're doing it. I mean, they just took an overtime win over the Bengals. Um, we're not able to c- overcome their curse against the Seahawks, which I found out while I was writing the power ranking last week in the last decade is like Seahawks favored. I think it was like 13 to five or something like that. Yeah, It's been crazy. Radically one-sided, but took a game off of a playoff caliber team in the Bengals also um, won over the Vikings and have looked pretty dominant against a lot of their lower level teams. So yeah, the 49ers kind of putting things back together again. The Falcons are also technically in the hunt right below the eagles sitting at six and seven yep. as well um which is crazy because this team is terrible i just don't know how they have I six know. Wins. it's so surprising when i see their win total like how did they get this how have they won this many games it doesn't make any I know. sense they just keep getting easy opponents dude their schedule is so stupid easy last week they beat the panthers two weeks before that they beat the the jags um I don't get it, man. I, I I hate the Falcons. I don't understand how they're still in the conversation. I'm taking the 49ers. I'm so over it, dude. They're just not good. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm going with the 49ers as well. Uh, this f- seems like it should be an easy win for them, but at the same time, that could spell you know a, a surprise here, and this could be a game we're wondering like, oh, how did uh, Atlanta get to seven wins already? Right. But I guess we'll see. But yeah, I'm not going to disagree there. 
think Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing well enough for them to keep winning games and stay relevant. So I think that continues. Yeah. Point for the Lions to beat the Falcons next week. That That's That'd one I'd like sweet. to see. <laughs> Christmas Coin. miracle. Coin is going with the Falcons in this one. Sick. Uh, up next, we are having a, another uh, NFC West matchup. We've got the Seattle Seahawks going to take on the Los Angeles Rams in LA. So two games in SoFi this weekend. A uh, mm. little tidbit. <laughs> a little interesting. Anyway, uh, I think uh, I think the Seahawks have a better chance than they did after Russ exited uh, their, this, their first matchup in the first half. But I just think the Rams look too strong to expect anything other than the Rams' victory at this point. I mean, after that three-game skid, I was kind of expecting things to keep trending that way but now they've won two in a row um and they are looking more and more like they're getting it together on offense they're getting odell beckham jr involved he's caught a touchdown in three straight games and uh, this is all without their uh, starting running back daryl henderson he's been out for the past two games so i think they're just going to continue uh, looking dominant on offense and i think they'll do a good job shutting down uh seattle's offense in this one yeah, could not agree more. Um, Seattle, I think like a lot of questions are kind of surrounding these guys right now. Obviously, like since the last time we recorded this show, one of the most heavily discussed topics around the NFL was this rumor coming out that Russ may be actionably interested in getting out of there. Um, whether whether you uh, want to take his dis disprovement of that statement at face value or not it's still i I think is interesting to point to this franchise which a couple of years ago like you wouldn't have dreamed of seeing discuss a a major shift in personnel um now being seemingly like unavoidably surrounded by rumors of of a pretty big switch up in in personnel during this offseason so i'm kind of curious to see like what these last five games of the season look like for seattle well four games now i suppose um like just like if we're going to see any signs of the Seahawks that we had, you know, for for so long, like the dynasty that they've been for most of this last decade, if if we're going to see some s- signs of that, and next year everything's back to normal, and everybody just assumes that the Seahawks are going to be just fine, or if this really is kind of the death of this era of the Hawks that we're watching play out in front of us, um, and I think even though they were able to keep their stronghold over the 49ers the series between these two two teams is way closer in the last decade even with the Seahawks having a pretty big disparity in strength over the Rams from for most of that time um it's they only are winning by two in the last decade so uh, I think the disparity is swinging pretty hard in LAR's favor in this game um and yeah like you said I I just I'm constantly impressed by what this team is putting together. And if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. There is no team with a more forgivable set of losses than the Rams at this point. And I think that these guys just should be near the list, near the top of everyone's list, even, even still. So there you go. All right. Coin is going with the Seahawks in this one. Cool, cool. Next up, we have my mom's least favorite game of the season: the Indianapolis Colts hosting the New England Patriots. She, <laughs> I, she told me how annoyed she was the other day that the Patriots like didn't get to play the Colts last year, and this year, like, of course, <laughs> yeah, of no, course, the Patriots are back. Yeah, <laughs> Patriots are back. Like, let's get them in Indianapolis. That's just how it always goes. Um, yeah, Indy has just been hosting the Patriots to a stinging defeat for most of the time I've been alive, which I mean, makes sense. Like when you look at how the like scheduling thing works, I mean, there hasn't been too many moments where neither of these guys were on top of their division for the last couple of decades. But um, I don't see too much changing from that narrative. Unfortunately, I think that Indianapolis is great. I think that they look really, really solid. I think that um, Carson is definitely having his best year since the Super Bowl. I don't really think there's anybody arguing otherwise, not to mention um, Justin, uh, what's his last name? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I don't know why I said Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas from uh, from Home Improvement is looking <laughs> like probably the best running back in the league, um, at the very least in the state of Henry being gone. And I wouldn't be shocked if next year 
you see the league try to push it up as him actually coming for the throne a little bit, especially because they're in the same division. But um, I think that this team is very interesting, has a lot of exciting things going for them, especially um, in the run game and in Carson, like kind of heating up to use the run game more effectively with a couple well-placed throws. But you could take that sentence I just said and I'd like plug out the Colts and plug in the Patriots. Yep. And, and it's even more true because they have completely facilitated this amazing run-based defense that like, I mean, offense that just occasionally goes for these very smart, like un- unpredictable uh, shotgun plays. And McCorkle has been really, truly coming into that, into that role. I think that the Patriots have one of the most like clear cut roads to victory in the league. And you would like to say that that would make it easier for their opponents, but nobody seems to have found anything to put together against it defensively to stop them. So uh, I don't think it's going to be the Colts because for better or for worse, their defense has been not that great. Like, and I think Colts defense this year, all I can think is like, well, they kept it, they, they kept it to only one TD in these like five or six games they lost against like stronger opponents. So I think I'm going to go New England, unfortunately. All right, we're finally going to have a disagreement here. I'm going with the Colts Sick. coming fresh off their bye. Um, but so are the Patriots. They're both coming off their bye, so pretty fortunate for both of them that uh, they're not uh, down a week of rest in comparison to their opponent. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Patriots uh, have allowed a lot of success uh, to opponent rushing attacks, so I think that's going to be huge for the Colts in this one. And I think that they're going to take full advantage of Jonathan Taylor's um, emergence that he's had this season and just the fact that he's been like the most dominant player on the football field for pretty much the whole season, uh, especially since Henry's been out. And um, I don't know. I think it'll be a really good game. It'll be a really good potential like playoff preview because I expect both of these teams to be there. And uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out. But I'm going with the Colts. So finally get a disagreement in. Yeah, perfect. Also, just because you said you expect them both to be there, I wanted to point out, we talked about the Broncos. Um, I I think it's interesting. In the AFC at the moment, there's like a four-way tie for the sixth and the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that four-way tie, you have the – well, actually, it's a five-way tie, which is pretty wild. But within that five-way tie, you have four of my top five favorite teams and the Bengals. <laughs> the, there you go. The Broncos, Browns, Bills, Colts, and Bengals are all pushing for those two spots. So as long as two teams not called the Cincinnati Bengals get those two spots, I'm going to have a lot of weight for me in the AFC playoffs. So that feels pretty good. Maybe the Chargers could could crap out and we could get a third one in, but I'm not holding my breath about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, the coin is going with the Patriots in this one, taking your side. So. Uh, that'll lead us into an AFC East matchup. We've got the Jets going down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Jets are real bad. Um, Dolphins have been on quite the upswing recently. They had their bye week last week. They're going to be extra rested. Um, there's been talk that maybe Tua isn't at full health, I believe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite vetted that. But either way, I think that the Dolphins will do just fine uh, handling the Jets, at which point they'll be at 7-7 seven and seven and possibly pushing for a playoff spot themselves. So crazy things at the bottom of the uh, AFC uh, this year, but I'm going with the Dolphins to win this game. Yeah, I don't see any team currently with six wins breaking in, but I guess that's just my hopium. I mean, all <laughs> of my teams would have to lose out for that to happen. Though. So, But yeah, I think that the Dolphins are probably looking at the playoffs from the outside in saying, man, what a missed opportunity this season ended up being for us. I mean, I know Tua was hurt, so you want to like kind of let a little slide for that. But man, at the beginning of this year, people were talking about this team like they really belonged in the conversation. And I certainly thought that they did after they crushed the Patriots week one. And then, you know, we just didn't really see anything from them up until like a month or so ago. So yeah, definitely a tough narrative for the the Dolphins. And I think at this point, like if Tua is kind of hurt, you, they probably just want to look at the moments they had him this year and how much clearly better those moments were than the other ones and just like trust that he's not feeling good and keep him off the field. That's just kind of my opinion, honestly. It's unfortunate that it's worked out this way, but playoffs aren't really a reality for this team. And um, 
But the playoffs next year certainly are, and I, and I wouldn't really want to gamble that at this point. However, I think even if they do want to take two off the field, I don't see the Dolphins losing to the Jets at this point. Um, you know, rising tide raises all ships, and everybody in the Dolphins have been able to experiment and, and experience uh, with, like, a higher caliber of NFL play for this, like, last month or two. And I'm guessing they're going to be able to take that experience into this divisional matchup and and make light work of the Jets, just as so many other teams have done this year. <clears throat> Except the Bengals and True. the Titans. <laughs> Somehow, uh, Coin is going with the Jets in this one. So. All right, cool, cool. I love I love when it works out that we both introduce our teams without us even like switching it up. Um, next up, we have the Denver Broncos hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. The Broncos. I mean, what's there to say that hasn't already been said this episode? We are somehow in the bubble. On, in, on the bubble, in the hunt, pushing the for cusp. the wild card, on the cusp. Um, who's who's the third seed in the AFC going to be? Baltimore? Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, no, it's it's Kansas City. Darn. Oh, man. I would love to play an Arrowhead in the playoffs, actually. That'd be pretty fun. But, yeah, Denver actually making it look like the playoffs are on the table. But even if not the playoffs, all I wanted – out of the season last year before I got greedy at the end of the season, I said, I just wanted to see us break 500 this year, especially with the 17 game um, schedule. Like I wanted to see us hit nine wins. Um, And that certainly seems like it could still happen. I I think I'm at the very least happy about that. If we break even for the rest of the year, we're going to get to 500 post 500. If we win three out of four for the rest of the year, 10 wins and also the playoffs are, Back on the table, we have the Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs. So, sort of similar to the um, <laughs> to the Cowboys, like one one relatively easy opponent, and then a little gauntlet of sorts. Um, don't really know what to make of those games. I like the order that they're in because if we beat the Bengals, then we take care of the Raiders, and then we take care of the Chargers again. I'm gonna be going into that like last game of the season, uh, hosting the Chiefs with an unreal amount of hype. Um, but you know, baby steps. I think that the Bengals have looked super inconsistent as has Denver. Don't get me wrong, but I at least see us trying to execute on the same game plan every week. And it's just kind of the inconsistency comes down to how many of our opponents are allowing us to execute on that game plan, basically, because when the Bengals win, you know, it's always sort of up in the air. Like, well, did Mixon come through? Was it a great game for Burrow? Did their defense just kind of hold down the other team? Was it just kind of like a, uh, like a slobber knocker of sorts that they pulled out in overtime. Um, whereas Denver either is on the field and like wins pretty handedly with the defense having like one of the better games of the season, Javante Williams looking really good, or they're not on the field, which means that Teddy missed a lot of passes. Our defense got tired. We didn't, you know, focus too much on Javante. So I think with all of that being said, the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. I'm just I'm Oh, just man, it. he's back. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm back. It's going to happen, and I almost don't want it to happen because Vic Fangio needs to be fired this offseason, but it is going to happen. He's back, everyone. So I'm going to take the Broncos, and I will again and again and again and probably again in January because the Broncos are going to go to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your outlook is like totally shifted since the beginning of this Discord call because I was kind of pick. I kind of thought you were going to be going with the Bengals earlier, but then when this monologue started, I was like, "Oh, he's he's back." I no, I just I didn't want to show my hand. I didn't want to show my hand at all. That's that's <laughs> that's what happened because like even last week I said on our show like I'm worried we're going to do really well against the Lions and I'm going to have a lot of faith going into that Bengals game, but that's exactly what happened. So I just wanted to kind of hold back on that. But yeah, here we are once again. I'm going to be depressed as hell halfway through January. What do you got for us, Andrew? Oh, man. I really like for multiple (laughs) reasons now want to pick the Broncos because I like to cheer for them. It'd be fun to see them make the playoffs and also it'd be like a double whammy if they if they won and Mm -hmm. I picked the Bengals. Can't imagine both of our teams making the playoffs this year after everything that's happened. That would be really hype. (laughs) I just, uh, mm, this is, this is tough because these two teams I view very similarly. um, Mm -hmm. And especially in like their 
inconsistencies. Um, it's tough, and I don't know. I think that actually the run game for Denver these past few weeks has been sort of on point. I mean, they, when they played the Chiefs and Melvin Gordon was out, Javante held down the fort like crazy, uh, mm-hmm. going off uh, on their defense. And then when Melvin Gordon came back, they both had really, really solid games. So I think this run game has been really impressive for Denver recently. And it'll come down to whether or not they can just get that going. They're going to be at home, I believe. Yeah, so they're, that's going to be um, a plus for them. You know what, man? I'm I'm gonna go with the Broncos. I think they can get it done. Let's go. And I I oh, no, I just got a flashback to when you talked Cameron into picking the Broncos against the Ravens <laughs> earlier this year. But I don't know. I think it can really happen, and I think um I think they'll do enough to uh, get past the Bengals. I think their pass defense will be good enough to shut down some of those weapons on uh, the Bengals side of the ball. Um, so. I don't know, man. I, I'm feeling it for some reason because I came into this thinking I was going to pick the Bengals too. But the more I think about it, I'm just gonna, I'm going with the Broncos. Oh, I love it. I just want to point out um, we haven't talked about the Browns yet, but if every game goes as we've picked it to go so far, well, I mean, as I've picked it to go so far, um, we would be in the playoffs next week, like if, if it ended next week. <laughs> um, so just putting that out there. Interesting. Yeah, I, no, no, no better of an opponent for us to have at this point than one of the five teams in this little in this little scrap with us. Yeah, that's like perfect. Toss the Bengals right off that list this week. I'm <laughs> hyped about it. <laughs> yeah, coin is going with the Bengals, unfortunately, in this one. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, up next, we have got the Las Vegas Raiders at six and seven taking on the seven and six Cleveland Browns. Another one of those seven and six teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders just kind of have no sense of direction recently. The Browns had a, a better showing last week against the Ravens, and I think they're going to look to capitalize on that momentum. I think they'll establish Nick Chubb and their run game against the Raiders pretty easily. And, uh, you know, Baker had a pretty good game last week too, so I think he keeps that up. And uh, I think their their defense kind of stifles the Raiders this week. I think uh, Miles Garrett's going to continue to get after it and get at least one sack on Derek Carr. So I'm going with the Browns. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like at the beginning of the show, I kind of saw this one as being like a oh, I don't know. Like here seems like a potential disagreement. This game seems a bit up in the air. But man, the Raiders like have just been like desperate for a good look recently. Outside of that, like kind of Super Bowl. Uh, sorry, not Super Bowl. That like Thanksgiving miracle. They have just really not found any footing at all for the entire like back half of this season. Um, At first it was like, well, you know, they're kind of taking a lot of these like really close losses and and now they're giving many defenses their best showing of the season and continuing to have no real like control on their opposing offenses on, on the D side of the ball either. Um, Even in that game, they managed to win against the Cowboys. It was still like a 33 point showing for the Cowboys, I believe. And now this last week, you know, nine to 48, I think that's certainly not what Raiders fans would have wanted that game to look like. And it's also not sort of what the league as a whole expected that game to look like a couple of weeks. I mean, a couple of months ago, but you know, real proof that this division has kind of gotten back into the swing of things. I know the AFC North, I was talking pretty hard down on earlier, but honestly, I think like just because the ground, the Browns were like the first one to flicker out in this division, they're kind of to me, like with the benefit of time sort of circling back around to being a team I'm interested in again, like, uh, which is a benefit I'm not really giving to the other three in this division at the moment. Um, I mean, this this win over the Ravens, like, certainly helped. I just, like, I desperately need to see the Browns have a a high-performance day because they still are averaging, like, the, the lowest point total in the league for teams with a winning record, if I'm not mistaken, which, like, really does kind of sum up what the season has been for the Browns for me. Like, they just kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess they're still here, and I guess they're still kind of good, but not really. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, Versus a lot of other opponents, like the Browns would still kind of be up the creek a little bit, but this Raiders scheduling is certainly really good for them as well. I mean, if like one, the Raiders are just sitting at six and seven, and two, like 
these are really the types of games that I think that the Browns want to have at this point because they need to host, they need bad offenses, and they need AFC opponents like who are in the conversation. So I think that this kind of checks all the boxes for them. I expect this to be a decent game for for the Browns. All right, Coin agrees. We have a friendship for the Browns here. Love it. Okay, next up we have the um, Buffalo Bills hosting the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers just lost to the freaking Falcons, so that's how their season is going. The Bills, on the other hand, also lost their game, but like, I but from what I can tell, earned a decent amount of clout for it. I mean. Hey, they, they earned a decent amount of clout for me. It was certainly closer. I, I like checked the score and was just happy to see that they kept it within a TD. Um, I've seen the Bills somehow climbing back into the top five in a lot of people's PRs. And to that, I say, slow your roll, buddy boy. This is, this is to me, at best, the fourth best team in the AFC. At, at best. <laughs> and at worst, maybe even like fifth or sixth. Um, still have... A lot of things to be worried about with this team. Josh Allen is still looking pretty imperfect, and they still have no running game outside of Josh Allen, basically. Um, however, their receiving core and defense are still looking about as solidly as they've looked all year, um, and I think that they're going to be able to hold the Panthers down just fine. And this is certainly a breath of fresh air for the Bills after the absolute pain gauntlet they've been put through on scheduling recently because oh my word like just looking at this right now it's yeah it's been, been a tough for the bills been a tough fall for the bills so yeah i'm gonna go buffalo here yeah i'm going with the bills as well uh the panthers are gonna need to make some sort of change this offseason i think that we've probably are we're probably witnessing the end of matt rules uh head coaching tenure yeah um especially after that Michael's uh, Michael Scott uh, vasectomy experience we had at quarterback for the Panthers this past week. I mean, snip, yeah. snap, snip, snap. He had started with Cam, then he put in PJ Walker, and then he put Cam back in, then he put PJ Walker back in. It was just rough. And now he's saying that Sam Darnold will be in the mix when he comes back from his shoulder injury. Uh, it's just a mess of a franchise right Not now. Good. And um, the Bills uh, are still a very good team. They've had a rough go at it these past few weeks. I think uh, they're still going to be a team that is quite formidable come playoff time so yeah and the coin is also going with the bills in this one speaking of formidable playoff teams we've got the tampa bay buccaneers hot off of overtime victory against those buffalo bills um hosting the new orleans saints um this is a matchup that has just plagued the tom brady tampa bay buccaneers but I, i i thought about picking the saints almost solely for that reason but i think this is the time that the Bucks get it done in the regular season against the Saints, and uh, I think they'll do it pretty convincingly as Drew Brees is not on the other sideline. So <laughs> I'm going Buccaneers here. Perfect. Um, yeah, the Saints still haven't been able to find a win outside of the Jets since losing the NFL's main character. So, you know, I, it's kind of tough to be like, woohoo, like everything's better. We, <laughs> we beat the Jets. The Saints are still in a complete downward tumble in my opinion their um run d has been one of the worst in the leagues their passing d has been middle of the pack which as far as saints defensive rankings goes is about as good as it gets um just been having a really really rough time on the defensive side of the ball and even though i don't think um Taysom hill has been terrible he just really has not been able to bring the heat and team leading ability that they found in Jameis Winston at the beginning of the season. So um, yeah, I do not see these guys contending, let alone taking a game off of the Buccaneers at this point in the season. I think it's going to be probably the most one-sided game that we've seen both of these teams be in to date. So there you go. There's a little bonus prediction for you. Corn is going with the Saints in this one, looking for the trend to continue in the regular season. Perfect. All right, let's wrap it out with a Monday night showing. Oh my gosh, why is this the Monday night? <laughs> oh my gosh, the Chicago Bears are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Kill me. Oh my god, this is so bad. The Vikings, as you said earlier, six and seven, if I'm not mistaken, pretty wild stuff. That is correct. Um, 
what's crazy is like at six wins, like at a negative record, they probably have the most impressive set of wins for any of the negative record teams. I'm just, I'm just like guessing that, but I, I mean, like without stopping to think, I know they had a win over the Packers at one point. Um, yep. They've beaten the Steelers as well. They've beaten the Chargers, the Panthers, who at one point this season were an impressive win. Even at that point, if I had to say, uh, Seahawks, um, don't really remember where they were at at that point. But anyway, yeah, like the the Vikings, like at first glance, don't really strike me as being, I don't know, a negative win team. I, I mean, I feel like they would have been splitting even at best but i mean i guess that's how where they were last week but and uh but yeah the the bears on the other hand actually put up a show against the packers i don't think anybody expected them to score 30 in that game um justin fields was back in the the role at head qb and looking still like someone who should not be starting his qb until next year but um Maybe better than Andy Dalton. I mean, they've produced a lot more with him than they ever have with Andy Dalton. So that's something to hold on to. Um, I don't really know. I, I can see, like, I can totally see the Vikings losing this game, but I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. I don't really have a reason to pick the Bears. Um, I don't see them taking another win at any point this season. If I'm being honest, I think that the Bears do have actually a, a decent amount going for them because now not only do they have Justin Fields, but they're also going to be able to draft another couple of pretty solid weapons this offseason with the inevitably high draft <laughs> position that they're going to earn for themselves when everything's said and done. Um, also with the amount of injury they've been dealing with on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. This season has kind of been a wash for the Bears, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them back in there eight and eight and pushing playoffs glory next <laughs> next year. But I, I think, I think I'm going to take Minnesota for the time being. All right. We're going to round out this week with two disagreements. I'm going to go bears in this one. I don't trust Kirk cousins to win another primetime game. Uh, he almost blew the last one. And I think it's uh, almost a certainty that he can't win two in a row. And, um, I don't know. The Bears definitely showed some things against the Packers in that game. They had a 10-point lead twice. Uh, ended up blowing it both times, of course, but can't hold it against them. The Packers look like one of the best in the league at the moment. Um, the Bears are figuring out with Justin Fields. Uh, he adds another dimension to that offense because he is so fast and he's a yeah. threat to take off at any point. Um, so I think that'll be tough for the Vikings to deal with. And I don't know. I'm just The Bears... Uh, at home against uh, Minnesota, they've been pretty good uh, in this spot in recent years. So I'm gonna go with the Bears here. Make things a little interesting. I was hoping you were gonna go with the Vikings. Cool, cool. All right, well, that brings us to two, which means that we can be in the exact same score position next week. So way to go, Andrew. Hey, I, I'm gonna be six ahead next week. That's all <laughs> oh, cool. I have to say. Coin is going with the Vikings in this one. Cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of NFLs. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NFLs or check out our website, nsportsmedia.com. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell um, a coworker who beat you in your fantasy league this year. Tell anyone and everyone about Tell an enemy. Tell an enemy. <laughs> do you have enemies? I don't feel like I have I enemies. Don't feel like I do, but. Some people might. If we don't want to exclude the enemy having crowd. Text my ex real quick. You should check out my podcast. Uh, make sure to <laughs> review us. Make sure to uh, listen to Andrew's other podcasts, the Good NBA Podcast. And um, I love you. Can you think of anything else? <laughs> uh, the, no, certainly you covered it there, especially with that last one. I love you too. <laughs> perfect well my name is jacob wilkinson my name is drew wade and the coin is currently sitting under my desk somewhere